0: Hey, George Cedarquist here, host of Opera Box Score. All right, I know you want to get to the podcast, so I'm gonna keep this short. Opera Box Score needs your donation to retain its title as America's Talk Radio Show about Opera. You can give on our website, OperaBoxcore.comslash donate. When you throw even 10 bucks our way, it helps us promote the show to more listeners. Just 20 bucks helps cover our website costs. Chip in fifty bucks and we can pay to wax Tobias's back. But for real, please consider a donation of any amount. To help us continue to bring you our hot takes on everything opera related. Operaboxcore.com donate. Enjoy the podcast.
1: From Chicago, you're listening to Opera Box Score. Uh,
2: Let's get ready to rumble! You're listening to WNUR Evanston. And this is the best of WNUR program.
0: Wherever you are, however you're listening, thanks for joining us on America's Talk Radio Show about opera, period. I'm your host, George Cedarquist, joined this week by co-host Dinah Fisher. We are live in studio on WNUR, FM Evanston, Chicago, streaming live on WNUR.org slash pop-up and available as a podcast on iTunes. 847-866-WNUR is the number in studio. Hey, you can be that longtime listener, first-time caller who gets to have their say live on air. Again, 847-866-9687. Hey, don't be shy. But if you are, no big deal. You can also leave us a message, 224-218-9269. Tonight, it's the final installment of our three-part series, listening to and talking about our favorite holiday pieces of classical music. Dinah tells us what's on her playlist. But first in Chalk Talk, we talk about the best and worst of 2016. Dinah takes us through her highs and lows of (laughs) opera news stories, live productions, personal artistic decisions, and at 9.45, you get all your opera headlines on our hot takes on them in the two-minute drill. Dinah Fisher, how are you?
3: Hey, I'm all right. It's almost Christmas, which it, is super exciting. Yes, it is. Hey, how many uh,
0: how many hallelujah choruses have you sung at this point?
3: <laughs> oh, too many. <laughs> too too many. Hey, girl, you got to make that money somehow, right? <laughs> I'll just scream through the entire Messiah. No. Um, there's some it's a crowd pleaser, man. Every time we sing it, the crowd goes wild. So That's we great. we do it for the people. So I'll I'll sing it a million times. And
0: d- specifically the hallelujah chorus or like the whole messiah. they go. No, no one
3: forward. wants to hear the whole thing or they want to hear the rejoice greatly and mm-hmm. the tenor. And then they don't really care about the other stuff, but the hallelujah chorus, just I everyone's really like it. clapping right at the end. The
0: other number I remember when I was a boy soprano was he shall feed his flock like a shepherd.
3: Yeah. See, that's, that's the one with the alto duet. So. Ah,
0: okay. It's not a boy soprano that does it? No. For, interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah shows how uh many years have gone by since <laughs> I I mean went to maybe the they did at that, at that. What about the sing along Messiah thing? Is that of interest to you or is that kind of lame?
3: I I've never been to one mostly because I thought I would be, embarrass myself because I would have to sing it like all proper. You yeah. know, like I can't do if I go to karaoke bar karaoke bar I get booed because they're like you're singing like way too good, like yeah, get off I the stage. Like no that. one wants to hear that. Yeah. Um I think it's cool if like you're a die hard Handle fan. Yeah. <laughs> you wanna sing along and you've never had a chance. Oh my gosh. Go for it. I say go for it. <laughs> well I'm glad you I'm glad you've been busy. Yeah.
0: I uh, I'm getting ready for Christmas myself, getting ready to go back to Michigan and do some ice skating.
3: Ooh, I'm really bad at ice skating. Oh, are you? You're like, from Lithuania. What are you talking about? Yeah, but I didn't no, just not. I just my ankles like you know they give it in the middle. You're like a baby deer. Yeah, and I like cling onto the side and like <laughs> scrape my way. You'd be the
0: worst date to take <laughs> like, to ice rink.
3: Good thing that my fiance knows me <laughs> really well and would never do that to me.
0: So I'm I'm looking forward to the ice skating. I'm also looking forward to the Bears season over. The Bears played the Packers I yesterday at Soldier Field when it was literally two degrees.
3: Right. Everyone's like, this is the coldest Bears game ever.
0: Yeah, that's all and I heard. that's why nobody. Was there in the Aww. stands? That game was a lot of fun to watch on your TV,
3: right? Like in the comfort of your own home. Exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, hey, we got a great show. We should talk some opera, don't yeah, you think? Yeah, I agree. All right, let's let's
3: do, let's do it. Here we go.
1: Chalk talk on opera box score.
0: So, um, the first segment of the evening, chalk talk. We want Dinah to. <laughs> reflect a little bit on 2016 math and Mm. i are going to reflect next week on a Mm. podcast only show the radio station is is shut uh the day after christmas but we do have a podcast for you going out so keep an eye out for that uh by the way this is opera box score live on wnur so diana talk us through some of the best and worst opera stories of 2016 in your opinion
3: so so much happened and a lot of a lot of great people passed away, so I wanted to give a memoriam to all the great singers that maybe no one has heard of. Um, hopefully, you can get some new inspiration with the names that we're going to throw out. I've today. heard of
0: David Bowie. I've heard of uh, Prince.
3: Uh, right. <laughs> well, oh, this is I true. almost said Sting.
0: By the way, that I was sorry.
3: like, S- no, I'm not Sting. <laughs> <Yeah>, He's alive.
0: <laughs> okay.
3: Um. So first, first on the docket, Pierre Boulez died at mm-hmm. ninety. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a yeah, he was a composer and a huge innovator in the classical world. Um, he was a conductor as well. A landmark achievement occurred at Paris Opera in 1979. Mm. He led the first performance of the three-act version of Berg's Lulu. So he was the first one. I to don't do that.
0: think I knew that. Yeah. That is a very difficult piece.
3: Yeah. So he But that was his
0: bag. I mean, he was the real promoter of of modern music. Yeah. And so it makes sense that he would uh, conduct a premiere like Lulu.
3: So special, such a special guy. So go listen or go maybe watch. If I don't know if there's any YouTube videos of him conducting. It's probably like thirty thousand
0: YouTube videos. Yeah,
3: go of him. go watch him. He's such an inspiring person. Okay, so <laughs> number two, what do I have here, Kathy Battle returns to the Met, which we've talked about. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, maybe a shock to some of us, and uh, she. Did a performance and she did a she did a tour, right?
0: Well, she did a show at she, Carnegie Hall. Oh, right. Sorry, well, at the Met, too. Um, right. Which started like 45 minutes late. She was just All right, pull, She, she just, was pulling that she, diva nonsense again. And she just
3: like pulled up. Like, yeah. oh, sorry, guys, I'm an hour late, but I'm Kathy yeah. Battle, so here we go. Yeah. Exactly. And she's back, so I don't know how you guys feel about that. Uh, I, I've
0: never been a huge fan. Yeah, I'm a much bigger fan of someone like Jesse Norman. It's a different <sighs> vintage, you know? Yeah, I just, that sort of diva behavior, that does not rub well with me.
3: Yeah, I agree. I mean, if, I, I mean, if anyone pulled that, we would be kicked out you'd the be door. Gone. Yeah, yeah, just you'd be that gone. doesn't fly. There is a great video of her singing spirituals with Jesse Norman, though. Uh, mm-hmm. That's available on YouTube, and it's mm-hmm. amazing. Mostly because mm-hmm. Jesse Norman is a queen. Right. So-,
0: <laughs> so she returned to the Met, and then someone else left
3: the Met. And then someone else left the Met. So, all right, well, this one's really sad. James Levine announces retirement after the current season of the Met is over. Yeah, yeah.
0: That is a big deal. I mean, he has been, as the head conductor there, he has been the face, the musical face of that company. Like,
3: I knew his name when I was, like, three. Yeah, yeah. I knew that
0: Afro when I was three. Right,
3: you are like, there he is. I see it. (laughs) That guy
0: with the big hair and the glasses.
3: And, like, everyone, he's in every single gala video. He's, like... He's done twenty five hundred performances of eighty different, eighty five different operas, mm-hmm. and he made his debut in nineteen seventy one at the age of twenty eight. Incredible! That is a year and a half older than I am yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah,
0: the Met kind of bobbled his uh, potential return, and then his retirement, and then there was this like medical. Problems that he was having, and the Met yeah. did not play the PR game very well on that. Regardless, mm-hmm. you can't take it away that it is a major blow to that opera company and to classical music that he's leaving the Met.
3: It's crazy, but he has a lot of health problems going on. So, go send him a mm-hmm. happy thought. No question that he can continue. <laughs> um, so, another name that I didn't actually know, uh, Phyllis Curtin. Yes, uh, she died. This year at the age of 94. That's a good, that's a good run. Yeah. And she created Floyd Susanna, okay. the role of Susanna. And that's, she was a teacher uh, and an educator. Uh, she worked with Yale School of Music, Boston mm-hmm. University, in Tanglewood. Um, and Tanglewood. And she taught there for over 50 years.
0: Good run, like I said.
3: Yeah. So go, go take a listen to her. <laughs> her name is Phyllis Curtin. All right. Now, the and next person on your oh list gosh. is
0: someone else that we actually have a clip ready for to listen to. She was. She, Tell us about she, that.
3: Daniela Desi died mm-hmm. at 59. Yeah. From colon cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry about all this death, but. <laughs> what's, the,
0: what's the what's the clip that you chose to listen to? I
3: chose uh, Visidarte, mm-hmm. which is something that. There's something about this aria that speaks to me, and it speaks to a lot mm-hmm. of us as artists, especially as singers. Right. Um, she was one of. The second person ever in the history of the Teatro Comunale di Firenze to to be asked to sing an encore. Wow! Since Renata de Baldi in 1956,
0: and that's a big deal. Let's uh, take a little listen to this and see what we think of Daniela Dessi singing "Vise darte." Beautiful stuff there.
3: Oh, it was just the beginning. Just her. I didn't know who she was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my my former voice teacher, Michael Sylvester, posted about her on Facebook. And I immediately went to listen to her. And it's just stunning. She was such an amazing Italian singer. And I wish that she could have been with us a little longer.
0: <laughs> it's Opera Box Score on 89.3 W. And you are George Cedarquist here with Dinah Fisher. We're recapping 2016 on the show. Let us know what you're thinking. 847-866-WNUR is the number in the studio. Also on Twitter, at Opera Box Score. You have um, like five things left on your list of headlines, Dinah. I want you to pick one because I do want to move on to some of the shows that you've seen and some of the other stuff about 2016. What's one more big headline (laughs) for a best or a worst.
3: I got to do the Met one because it was so ridiculous. Right, go ahead. Uh So the Met canceled a performance of uh William Tell because an audience member threw white powder into the orchestra pit. <laughs> I'm like dying of laughing. <laughs> and like I was reading these updates on my phone as, yeah. and everyone's like, there's anthrax at the yeah. Met and it's shut down in the audience and it's just someone, I just can't. it
0: turned out to be the ashes <laughs> of this guy's friend, that his friend had been cremated and <laughs> somehow his, uh, the, the, it felt like it was a good idea to have his ashes scattered into the pit of the Met, not realizing the absolute consternation like, that it would cause.
3: Why? I mean, that is maybe a really awesome gesture, you know, but why <laughs> in the middle very of Very poorly executed. So, like, very poorly executed. Yeah, There's yeah. a better way to go about that.
0: Uh, I assume you did not see that production of Guillaume Tell.
3: I wasn't. Yeah. Well, no, I was in school. I wish I could have been there for that. That would have been incredible. Do you
0: have a best or a worst production that you saw either in person or that you saw on HD or that you read reviews about? Is there something that really stands out to you from the
3: 2016 2016 season as a production? Honestly, the the season opener of the lyric mm-hmm. of the Wagner product, the new uh, Reingold. Reingold production. I some people weren't into it, yeah, and that's cool. Yeah, I was visually stimulated the entire time.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I thought it was weird, and maybe some you know I heard a lot of mix right. that it was like garish and like costumes didn't make sense, and like it was so over the top, and this and this and that. I thought it was. Really cool. Yeah. There was like no way to describe it. It was so cool, as just and the singing was great. Was Eric great Owens singing. was singing
0: Votan. I mean, it was certainly epic. I'll give you that. The scale of it was truly epic.
3: The different levels and like the Rhine maidens were all like all up in the audience's business on those little, you know. The basic language of the of the
0: production was that we were seeing all the machinery of the theater. Take yeah. place, so we could see how the giants Fafner and Vassald were being operated. We could see that the Rhine maidens were on these sort of lifts, lifts, being lifted up and down. So all of that was exposed to us.
3: Yeah, and the poor girl I had like a love affair with that giant's blow up hand. <laughs> like the whole oh, time she yeah, was like kissing on and cuddling on yeah, it. Yeah, uh, but I just thought it was super. I'd never seen anything like it, and mm-hmm. it was cool to see something just. It was so out of context almost, right. but it worked. Right, And it wasn't just the period Mozart piece. Yeah. You know, it wasn't just the period Carmen. Totally. So it was, I thought it was really cool. And it still, it stuck with me. I, was, I think I will always remember that show. I've seen a lot of Carmens, a lot of Mozarts, a lot of, you know, even like the Cav, The beautiful singing, the costumes were cool. There were puppies on the stage, which is cool. But like there's something about this production that I will always remember. Always.
0: That is what we as directors want, is to leave you with an image or two images that you will never, ever forget and that you will always associate with Rheingold or right. whatever the opera is. Right. So in that regard, it sounds like David Poutney, who directed the production, has was really successful for you.
3: I, For me, yeah. I thought he was, I just, I had no conception, like, of what this was going to be going in. Totally shocked.
0: Going to back to bests and worsts of your own personal 2016 as an artist. What was like a real high moment or a real low moment for you?
3: Um,
0: a best or a worst of like a personal artistic yeah. decision.
3: We could talk about a, a low first since I'm coming mm. out of the audition season. Yeah, Maybe it's not an even like an artistic choice, but the the rejection letters that are stacking
2: mm-hmm.
3: up. Mm-hmm. I could wallpaper a you know, a good chunk of my wall with the... Are they all basically the same, the rejection letters? No, they vary. Okay. So I think this is my opinion, and I've heard this to be true. So opera companies send out, there's like three or four different kinds of like, thank you, please don't audition for us ever again, you know, but maybe a little nicer. <laughs> then there's the thank you, we enjoyed hearing you, please try again sometime later. Okay. Or there's the please, uh, like thank you for auditioning, we have nothing for you at this time. But please, we will keep that's your glimmer resume. of hope. And one. then we're like, yeah, yeah, that's the glimmer of hope one, and the one that's like, please, thanks. You're like, thank you for the time. Goodbye. You know, that's the one that you're like, well, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So I don't know if that's like an artistic low. I, I totally um, get what you're saying. Let me ask you this, Dinah. When you
0: get those rejection letters, and look, rejection is a huge part of this business. Do you ever mm-hmm. ask for feedback?
3: See, I'm torn. Uh, If it's a smaller company, then maybe I had met the director and we maybe chatted.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I would say, yeah. Like if it was a, a, a Chicago Fringe or maybe a Light Opera Works okay. size. Yeah. But I auditioned for like Minnesota Opera okay. um, and like the bigger Marilla, bigger programs. I, f- I would feel uncomfortable. Be like, so why didn't I get in? Can you just explain that? Explain that to me. I would feel like yeah. that's almost too much. Interesting. Because I feel like they get that a lot. Okay. And I'm, maybe they don't even remember, or maybe they literally just didn't have anything for my voice type. And y'all, and how do you answer? I, don't I know. feel
0: like it's the artist's right to ask. <laughs> I don't think it's their right to get a reply, you okay. know? But I do think it's your right to say, and it's how you frame it to say, I want to improve what I do. Okay. And you assessed me in that room. Okay. Can you give me any of that information? And then what you have to do as mm-hmm. an artist is decide if you want to believe it or not. Don't believe everything you hear, right? right? Some people you ask for feedback, they're going to give you stuff, and you're like, "You know what? A, that's not helpful." Or B, I don't believe that." Mm-hmm. Sometimes you might be like, "Wow, I've been told by multiple people that's a thing that I do. Maybe I should actually take a look. Right
3: at If that. you're getting the same right, true, if you're getting the same feedback. Then, yeah, maybe that's like if you as a director and if you had a bunch of young singers asking you, why didn't I get in or what can I would you answer every single one?
0: I would because I don't get that many, but I would do every single one. But that's because I think it's rude not to write back to people. And I respond to every single email I get that I know is from a person.
3: Right. Yes.
0: I don't respond to computers. But right. I do respond to every single person that writes to me. About and I, whatever I, and did. I did
3: get some rejection letters that were just from Yap Yaptracker, like, like, audition denied. <laughs> like, and, that's, <laughs> and that's it. You know, there's no personal, you know, there's no, yeah. not even like that, those emails that they send out by the thousands, yeah. like, thanks, yeah. try again. Thanks, yeah. don't try again. It was just denied.
0: The, that's the ripping off of the Band-Aid
3: rejection letter. <sighs> yeah. Any,
0: uh, any New Year's resolutions for you? Or any predictions um, for 2017 while we wrap it up here?
3: New Year's resolutions for me. I just, I'm at a point right now where I just want to sing well and sing stuff mm-hmm. that I like. And, mm-hmm. uh, as a young person doing the auditions, I'm always going by the audition circuit. I want to sing things that I love to sing. And yeah. I think that makes me a better artist instead of singing things I feel like I should be singing. Right on. Um, I'm super excited about my recital. I'm singing some awesome stuff. Great. Um, And I'm just, I'm feeling, well, there's a lot of feelings going into 2017. I think we're all feeling this kind of uneasiness. No question. And I just want to send out some love and make music wherever I can and keep my students interested in music and give them... You know, a sense of community where maybe they can't find it somewhere else. Those are fantastic
0: resolutions. (laughs) And I I wish you all the best in trying to accomplish those. Uh, Hey, to our listeners, make sure you check out our podcast only show next week, which is going to be on Boxing Day, as they say in England, December 26th. Math Mm -hmm. and Black and I give the same treatment to 2016 the best and worst headlines, best and worst productions, best and worst of our own personal endeavors. This is Opera Box Score on 89.3 FM WNUR. We're going to step aside and we're going to be right back. Holiday special. We get into Dinah's playlist. Check it out after this.
1: Live from Chicago, you're listening to Opera Box Score. More right after this. Twelve years. Flying
0: choppers. When my sister came back from her last tour in Afghanistan, she didn't want to talk about it, but she knew I was there to listen. Sometimes my husband still has difficult memories. They can be overwhelming. With the Veterans Crisis Line, I know where to turn when we need support. I made the call
2: and got support for my sister. The Veterans Crisis Line is here for all veterans and their loved ones. Call 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. So, who's going to do what? Flashlights? Nowhere to be found. Emergency supply kits? Not packed. What about blankets? We have an old towel. Cell phones? May not work. Emergency water? Not a drop. Perfect. We all know where we're meeting if we're separated. The library! I'm Jones House. The bus stop. And I'll be waiting here wondering where you all are. Great. It sounds like we don't have a plan. Winging it is not an emergency plan. Make sure your kids know what to do during an emergency. Who to call, where to meet, what to pack. Visit ready.gov slash kids for tips and information. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council.
1: You're listening to Opera Box Score with George Cedarquist, Oliver Camacho, Tobias Wright, and Dinah Fisher. Hey,
0: everybody. Welcome back on Opera Box Score on WNUR 89.3 FM. Number in the studio, 847-866-9687. We are recapping 2016 here. We're getting into some holiday music coming up in this next segment. You can also tweet us at Opera box score. So in the first of our three-part specials, Mm -hmm. Dinah Fisher, also with me in the studio.
2: What's up?
0: Uh, I picked out a mall and the night visitors. Yeah. The following week, which was last week, Oliver did kind of a mishmash of lesser known and lesser performed Christmas music, a lot of Benjamin Britten, actually which was really good. He did not pick cool. Ceremony of Carols,
3: which I thought was okay. unusual. Okay.
0: Um, but some other great music. Very and cool. now it's over to you. It's your turn. <laughs> what is your holiday opera?
3: It's Hansel and Gretel. Love it. <laughs> um, there's something, it was actually premiered on December 23rd of 1893. So maybe that's why it has a Christmas, mm-hmm. more of a Christmas time connotation, besides the fact it's all about candy and kids. Right. Uh, but it gets a little dark and creepy in the middle of it. Um, and it's just it's super fun and weird and the music's amazing and i think it's a totally understated opera if it's done really well uh it the music is just it's huge music it's like wagner mini wagner <laughs> humperdinck
0: is the composer and it the story basically follows that of the yeah. grim fairy tale right
3: yep. it's a pretty much straight up it's a, yeah it's not like it's not like the little mermaid version like the disney version of little mermaid where they totally made it like happy go lucky yeah. and kind of destroyed the main Focus of it? No, it gets creepy, and uh, there's some dark, dark humor in there, and exactly, and there's some morals that are learned at the end for everybody. No so, question.
0: <laughs> well, hey, you've got five clips here. I'd love to hear some of these. Tell us about this first clip.
3: So the first one is just an introduction of Hansel and Gretel and kind of their relationship, and it's one of my favorite scenes to perform and also uh, just to watch, and it's actually quite deceiving. To You watch these people singing and you're like, ah, this looks like fun. But when you're actually singing and jumping around, acting like an eight-year-old boy, the scene is actually quite difficult to sing because they're like jumping around. It's actually a dancing song. So they're dancing right. around, hopping around and trying to sing beautifully at the same time. And yeah, they're just, they're at home messing around, waiting for their parents to get home, not doing their chores. And uh, Gretel decides to make Hansel dance with her. Fantastic. Let's go
0: ahead and take a listen. This is from the very top of the show. <laughs>
2: Warum zeig mir, wie es braucht, dass ich tanze, leere
3: It's so fun. I'm, like, clapping along.
0: <laughs> you were. You were clapping <laughs> right along. That was uh, Barbara Bonnie singing Gretel and and sophie von Otter singing oh, Cancel. Cute. Jeffrey Tate conducting the Bavarian Radio Symphony.
3: Cute. That is
0: a, It is a tricky sequence. I directed the show last summer, and I staged that dance as they're basically beating each other up. Oh, I see. The entire time.
3: Tick, tick. Yeah. Exactly.
0: They're pinching and right. kicking, kicking each other and yeah. like twisting each other's arms. And Basically. it's really like mean and vicious. And it's not like a silly little dance. Okay.
3: I can see yeah. that. Yeah. It I mean they're well. just kids like picking on each other. Yeah,
0: yeah. Just beating each other up.
3: <laughs> there is actually a version of Hansel and Gretel at the Met with uh uh Frederica Bonchado and they actually have live kittens on set with them and they're like playing with these live. Oh kittens. my god. I was like, I wanna be part of that show. It's crazy. <laughs>
0: the uh the Father is an interesting character, yeah, in the show he's extremely moralistic, yeah, uh, he's an alcoholic, I think,
3: yeah, and the yeah, they at least in have... the
0: version I did, oh, okay,
3: yeah, he's a bit of a a drunkard, right. I would say, and he kind of slops in with this with this right. next song, right, exactly like kind of his drunk song, but this song for me, I just remember it from my childhood. There's something about that tune, it's like a folk song. Right. It's a lot of these a lot of these songs I just remember as just like little snippets and then I realized when I was older they were all from the same show. Yeah. Um and that's why it just it sticks in your head.
0: It's a good point though that I think maybe Humperdinck wanted this music to be kind of folksy, right? Again, it's yeah. based on a fairy tale or a fable and the music does sort of have that sound.
3: And the cool thing is is that it, the music really never stops. There's no you no, know, there's no dialogue without music. It is all sung through, it's all orchestrated through as well. There's a few spots where Hansel and Gretel uh, sing without orchestration, but most of the time, it's completely sung all the way through. Yeah. Um. Really, not even there's a dance. There's a ballet in the middle of it. Um. There's arias thrown around, and Hansel and Gretel never really have arias of their own. But they have all these different scenes of these different kind of like folk tunes and these like playful melodies. Let are. me tell
0: you, all that music with no singing is the director's nightmare because that's like, I mean, how much dancing can you do? And in, in, even in some yeah. of the songs, it's like second verse, same as the first. Yep. And so what do you do in terms of the staging of that? It's That is to the director, that is the real challenge of ah. the piece. Well, let's have a listen yeah. to the uh, the father singing this Arrival song. Tra-la-la-la is the opening lines of it as he gets back home to find problems with the kiddos and lots of other problems. Per usual. Is so folky so now that you say that, Dinah. It really is.
3: Like it's so, like it gets stuck in your head for days. There's some, I, he wrote it so brilliantly that I think that any, anyone from any background can get into it. Opera Box Score
0: on 89.3 WNUR. George Cedarquist here with Dinah Fisher. We're talking about holiday music, and Dinah got to pick this week Hansel and Gretel by Engelbert Humperdinck. Let us know what your favorite holiday music is. OperaBoxScore.com is our. Website and on Twitter at Opera Box Score. So we haven't talked about the witch
3: oh, yes. yet,
0: but it oh, is kind horror. of the show stopping role. Yeah. And she has kind of the greatest stuff.
3: So it can either be, so it's a director's choice. It can either be played by a tenor or a Big Mama Mezzo. Um, I, I've always seen it with a woman. I have not been able to experience the male version live, yeah. but I've seen some, there are some. Kind of like mediocre, where they don't really get into the character enough, then you're like, that's obviously, that doesn't work. But the one I sent you of that, it was just terrifying. Well, we so got scary. Two
0: clips here. <laughs> um, the first clip is from Gleinborn. I'll, I'll, I'll put uh, the YouTube video oh, on you the website to. so you can go see it. Everybody go watch the it. The witch is sung by Wolfgang Ablinger Speerhacker. Try saying that after a couple of gin and tonics, (laughs) and uh, it's it's bizarre. Somehow they've given the man fake breasts. I I, that's
3: what I was actually watching. I was like, how did I don't know how they I don't know how they they did that makeup. But they look so
0: real. Yeah, and And there's like
3: pop belly sticking out, and he has like and a ball
0: cap. Oh god, I just I'm just gonna put the clip onto the website so that we can see it. But we'll we'll listen to that, Um, and then. There's a second clip to kind of compare and contrast. But let's check out this first one again from the Gleinborn Festival. And this is Wolfgang, the tenor, singing the witch's part. And we'll
3: take a listen.
2: Und nach die leek ducken, bist du dann drin? Schwatz, geht die Tür klaps. Dann nicht dein Gretchen, mein Brätchen. Das Brätlein soll sich verwandeln in Kuchen, Zucker und Mandeln. im Zauberofen ein wirst du ein Leek ein. Schau, schau, die
0: Totally bizarre. By
3: the way, that noise in the background was him like smacking knives together for anyone that was that like I will
0: say it is fantastic to hear a German singer singing in that language. It was
3: great. I mean He sounds great.
0: He sounds totally great. And it just there's something about the expressiveness Mm -hmm. of the language that he's able to tap into. I mean, obviously, a German mezzo would be able to do the same way. Right. Jamie Barton, who is American, yeah. in this next clip taken from the BBC Cardiff Singer of the World competition in 2013, obviously doesn't have that advantage. Mm-hmm. But she has a fantastic portrayal of it.
3: Yeah, she's fun.
0: This is perhaps more in line maybe with something you would do because obviously, as you said, you've, uh, well, you haven't you have sung the part of, of The Witch, of course. No. Uh, but, it, yeah, I just... There's something about her interpretation, purely in the singing, which I think. I think really, yeah,
3: her voice is just so awesome and yummy.
0: Yeah, let's take a listen to that. It's a, it's a part of the same clip that we heard before. It's not exactly the same music, but there is some overlap in what you're gonna hear from Jamie Barton in the Cardiff Singer of the World competition.
2: Bist bald ein Britoschen
0: This sort of like slightly sort of chubby, rosy, yeah. nice. It, it's not right, she's
3: not scared. I obscene mean, seen in any way. No, it's not obscene. There's some, but the her face, if you watch the video, she's like, I just love watching her sing it. Yeah. She loves singing it, she's having a blast. I will be say that like tempo
0: was a little slow.
3: Yeah, it was a little, yeah, it was a little too plotting. Yeah, it was a little,
0: I don't know who was conducting in that. It didn't clip, sound as but.
3: As go as go lucky as the first one, it
0: doesn't, and that music has a certain energy to it. You know, there's a certain kind of magic. Well, she's in the getting story ready to and...
3: like mount her broom, exactly.
0: And like yeah, get on
3: up in the sky and kill some kids. So. Which in
0: the the first clip from Glymborn like really plays up the the grotesqueness of that, the eroticism of and that. The,
3: like the, his German was. Like, you get all that, those words, and it's she's saying it beautifully.
0: It's wunderschön, yeah. is what it is.
3: So, whatever you choose, man or woman, you know, that's up to you. The, the story
0: ends with this <laughs> group of gingerbread men turning back into children, right? That the Super witch has, has captured them and turned them into cookies, and then they get brought back to life when the witch dies. dies and right. this kid's chorus, now look. I was a boy soprano. I was in kids' chorus. I was a total pain in the ass. Of course. And as a director, I now realize what a phenomenal pain in the ass it is to work with kids. <laughs> and yet, I have to advocate that they be given a chance because other, I, otherwise, I never would have been given a chance either. So this kids' yeah. chorus is kind of one of the hallmark pieces, I would say, if you're in a children's chorus. I'm sure we could think up others. We could do a whole show on just kids' Right. Courses.
3: No, there's some, everybody, I mean, I think this is me saying everybody knows this chorus. All the kids kind of know it. And it's cool to see maybe from a kid's point of view coming from like a gingerbread man and then coming back to life and then singing about the morals and uh, the moral of the story. So let's take a listen.
0: This is the final gingerbread kids chorus of Hansel and Gretel. And then it gets up-tempo and upbeat, and everything ends happily ever yeah. after. mom With and a, dad
3: show up, and everyone's it, like, yay, gets don't little, stray away
0: from your parents. It gets a little religious at the
3: end. This yeah, is true.
0: But it, it is does. kind of, the, a, it's a perfect holiday show. It's great for the kids. It's a well-known story. The music is super catchy, and the whole thing is like, what a It's less than two hours long.
3: Yeah, those were some pretty uh, well-behaved kids in that chorus. They sounded great. That was from
0: the same <laughs> recording of Bavarian Radio Symphony under Jeffrey Tate.
3: Dinah, what a great yeah. holiday choice. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Like I said, I, it's just one of my favorite operas. I don't know why, really. It just speaks to me. I think it's super fun. And every time I see it, it's like, you know, opera's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it can be fun. So I decided to share.
0: Opera box score on WNUR, 89.3 FM. We're going to step aside for a second, give you a couple PSAs. Back with the two minute drill, all your opera headlines. Catch you on the flip side
1: live from chicago you're listening to opera box score more right after this Best of wnur programming name is Ruth Rusi, and this is how I live United. I read to children as part of United Way's education program. It helps them create links between language and literacy and prepares them for a better academic future. I figure I have the time and they have the need. My name is Ruth Rusi. I help kids prepare to succeed in school. So I don't just wear the shirt, I live it.
2: Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. I'm in almost every school bus and classroom. You see me around the neighborhood and you tell me that I'm a pretty good kid. Well, I'm one out of every five children in America and I'm struggling with hunger. Please visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank for ways to help. Every dollar you donate helps provide eight meals for kids like me. We are Feeding America, brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council.
1: This just in, the two-minute drill.
0: Time now for the fastest headlines in opera news. Everything you need to know in two minutes or less... Andrea Bocelli has been asked to sing at Donald Trump's inauguration ceremony next month. Bocelli has yet to provide personal confirmation that he'll appear at the White House, though his team have leaked that it's a done deal. However, fans of the Italian tenor are already sharing the hashtag, boycott Bocelli. And as if it couldn't get any worse, Jackie Ivancho, the former child singer, now 16, announced on television that she'll sing the national anthem for the incoming president she has toured with Bocelli in the past. The disinherited descendants of Richard Wagner have no right to return to Bayreuth, a Bavarian district court has ruled. The children of Wieland Wagner had challenged the sole tenancy agreement for the festival theater, granted to their cousin Katarina, daughter of Wieland's brother Wolfgang. The court decided that Katarina has sole rights to the theater until 2040. The Salzburg Festival have sent out a bizarre press release about the festival entitled An Epicenter of the Extraordinary. Part of it reads... Festivals should create astonishing artistic constellations, promising not only distraction and spectacle, but challenging their guests to reflect. The Salzburg Festival aims to be an epicenter of the extraordinary. Over to the disabled list, Jonas Kaufmann is pulled out of the opening of Hanburg's dazzling new Elbe Philharmonie Concert Hall in January. Countertenor tenor David Daniels has canceled his appearance in the Bolshoi Theater's production of Handel's Rhodolinda. And finally, dates for today December 19th. It's conductor William Christie's birthday, he's 72, and it's also the premiere of Tchaikovsky's opera, The Queen of Spades, on this date in 1890 at the Mariinsky Theatre in St. Petersburg. That's the two-minute drill.
1: You're listening to Opera Box Score with George Cedarquist. Oliver Camacho, Tobias Wright, and
3: Dinah Fisher.
0: Back here on Opera Box Score, Indeed, it is George Cedarquist, and it is Dinah
3: Fisher. I always nerd out when I hear my name being announced like that. It's fun, Just isn't like, it? I'm like, yes. It's fun.
0: <laughs> it makes it all worthwhile. 847-866-WNUR, number in the studio. Send us a tweet at Opera Box Score. Hey, if you're the shy type, leave us a message on our voicemail. 224-218. 9 box. Dinah, all right. So look, Andrea Bocelli, should he or should he not be singing at Trump's inauguration?
3: No, no, no. I just, no. (laughs) It's just so, I want to know why why he was chosen and why he agreed. I don't think any opera singer, maybe I'm speaking for all of us as a collective, would do that in their right mind. So maybe they were just (laughs) like, well... Maybe Andrea Bocelli will. And to be honest, I don't refer to him as an opera singer. So he's one of those pop, like we were talking about pop opera, schmaltzy, schmaltzy singers. My dad's favorite opera singer.
0: Well, the joke <laughs> is, is that Trump is having to import the talent, right? Like I he literally so. cannot find an American oh, to no. do it because no American in their right mind would.
3: No. Like Renee Fleming, Susan Graham, you know, t- any, any of those. No.
0: And no. it's not because the guy's blind.
3: No <laughs> right, no, it has nothing to do with that. I mean he is blind. I'm, but just, I'm just so saying. confused. I saw that I saw that Helen, I pulled it up and I read the entire article and it was just pandemonium from opera singers like why is he even being called an opera singer? Same with what's her name? Jackie Iv- Ivancho. Ivancho, yeah. Ivancho. Oh,
0: one soprano, April Millow wrote on Facebook I'll quote He has no idea what he is endorsing. He's talking about Bocelli. Yeah. Remember he's from a country that put up with Berlusconi. One freak show to another. I don't buy his music. I appreciate that he's a nice man, but I will absolutely boycott any Bocelli. How about an American okay. tenor? Outsourcing already because there seems to be no American that wants to sing for him, meaning Trump. Throw down. Right. It. Boom. Boom.
3: Right. That's exactly it. It's just he's not... It is, it's false promotion for what our, our form actually is.
0: And as far as Jackie Avancho <laughs> doing this, okay, so she, like w- she won The Voice.
3: She won The Voice when she was really young, and she... She was one of those voices, and I'm sure she she sang fine. Is she an opera singer at the age of six? No. (laughs) None of us are.
0: (laughs) Look, she's 16 years old. She's going through puberty. Her mother should not let her do this. Do
3: we remember Charlotte Church, everyone? Does everybody remember Charlotte Church? She was like a child prodigy opera singer. Where is she? Yeah,
0: exactly. No
3: one. She stopped singing completely, had a child at the age of like 20, and started making pop songs. Because she couldn't do it. She didn't have the training. She couldn't do it. One thing we know
0: about Trump is that that guy's a total
3: lech. I just, I don't understand. I don't get it.
0: It makes no sense. Who knows how big those checks are? Avancho's only singing the national anthem. God only knows what the repertoire
3: is. I don't even for want to I, just, I literally just cannot even imagine.
0: <laughs> this is complicated. This story about the Bayreuth Festspiele. So right. Richard Wagner had. Two sons, right, Wieland and Wolfgang, mm-hmm. and they also had children. Wieland had a daughter, Katerina. Wolfgang, uh, excuse me, Wolfgang had a daughter, Katerina, and Wieland okay. had other children, one of whom is called Nike.
3: <laughs> like N-I-K-E?
0: N-I-K-E, NIKE. <laughs>
3: Nike. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they got into a big legal battle about which of these offspring, these grandchildren of Richard, Richard Wagner, had basically the rights to the Bayreuth Festspiele, which is the big Wagner festival in northern Bavaria. Went right. to court, and court decides that Katerina has the sole rights to the theater until 2040.
3: That's so long.
0: That's a long time.
3: She's cray-cray. And she
0: is crazy.
3: cray I've now, only heard I have not seen, so.
0: I'm all for a little bit of crazy <laughs> in the arts. I think we need that. I think we know that the oh, Wagner yeah. types are crazy. We're
3: all nuts. And I
0: think we also know, quite frankly, that there are always problems at Bayreuth, and that they love the attention. Oh, yeah. Is totally that, look, it. that festival prides itself on a little bit of madness. Oh, they yeah. want to be in the headlines. They want people paying attention. I'm surprised that this couldn't have been resolved out of court, but I'm not surprised because there would be no story in that.
3: Right. That's what sells, right?
0: It's absolutely what <laughs>
3: sells.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so over to Austria then and the Salzburg Festspiele, which that's, that's on the bucket list for me. I would love to go because the oh, directors that well. work there, you've been to Salzburg?
3: I've been to Salzburg, but not to any of the, the Festspiele. Have you been something. to Mozart's birthplace? I, I have, and I like kissed the floor. I'm kidding. I, I, didn't, I didn't do that. No, no, no. You can tell <laughs> me. It's okay. I like how to do that. I like yeah, how to do yeah.
2: that.
0: <laughs> it, the museum is just brilliant. Yeah, it's awesome.
3: And it's go, beautiful.
0: I mean, Salzburg's kind oh. of a nothing town, you know?
3: But it's so pretty.
0: It's very pretty. And you've got the Sound of Music tour yeah, you can right. do there. Yeah.
3: So you can do all that. It's, it is, it is. I mean, Austria is just gorgeous everywhere.
0: I had a really good lunch when I went to Salzburg. I just I had, did a day trip from Munich.
3: I had the best hot chocolate of my life oh my in gosh. Austria. It was like thick and they, and you only get like a shot glass of it. And yeah. they topped it with real, oh. Oh,
0: Lord. this lunch was like an ice cold beer, like <sighs> sausage, Potatoes, Ugh. onions, like fried in a big skillet with an egg on the top. See, I was only like,
3: I was only like 15 when I went, so I couldn't indulge in okay. all in, the adult activities. In, and I was in, on a choir tour, yeah. uh, so and I was the only one that was like totally into classical music. So we went to like we went to Bach's grave and Mozart's quote unquote grave and right. Mozart's house, and we did all that. And I was like internally freaking out the entire time. Everyone else is like, "Oh, it's like an old house." I'm like, "This is where Mozart
0: lives. I know, exactly. <laughs> I was like
3: crying on the inside,
0: totally. Well, man, they love the drama there as well too. Yep. This this press release, just this little clip, uh, they say we have resolved to continue the great ideas of our founding fathers, Hugo von Hofmannsthal and Max mm. Reinhardt. I did not know that that Hofmannsthal, the librettist, and Reinhardt, mm-hmm. the director, had had founded the Feschbila. Um,
3: I actually did know that. I didn't. I don't know why I didn't bring that this up. This makes me want that.
0: to go even more. It's and amazing. And it's a beautiful building.
3: Oh yeah. So, can you read that press release? Like, I just want to hear the exact the exact wording on this press release. Here's
0: the press release. What do we want a festival to be? This okay. question motivated the founders of the Salzburg Festival as they set out about creating a unique Salzburg dramaturgy. Hmm. We've resolved to continue the great ideas of our founding fathers, Hugo von Hofmannsthal and Max Reinhardt, as gathering spots far away from the everyday and the distractions of large cities. Festivals require nothing less than stepping out of the usual and into another context of existence festivals should create astonishing artistic constellations promising not only distraction and spectacle but challenging their guests to reflect the Salzburg festival aims to be an epicenter of the extraordinary okay so first of all like what does that mean that's
3: a lot of words there's a lot
0: of big words there maybe
3: constellations
0: you should never use the word constellation in that way no constellation is like the big dipper Right, that's... or the drinking gourd. <laughs> that's right. You know, I don't. I don't want to.
3: That's interesting. I wonder who wrote that. That is so, so fascinating. But what the,
0: their point is basically that festivals have a very short amount of time to make a very big impact. Right. Right. And everyone's coming. They're all coming to this little sleepy town, whatever it is. And mm-hmm. we really need to deliver. We really need to show them something.
3: I like it. It was just a little. I, was it translated from its original language?
0: Yeah, it was originally in German, so uh-huh. that that's a translation that I found. Be...
3: That's that's a very big uh, ambition.
0: It's a, it's a big ambition. I you know that last line, an epicenter of the extraordinary, that feels <laughs> like it should be on a flyer, yeah, as like a little tagline or a little the promo.
3: Awesome
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: Like, as like a yeah on the bottom of a flyer. But I think there's
0: a lot of things that could be the epicenter of extraordinary, like a nice wow. hotel,
3: right? You know. Or, like a pair of Beats headphones. I mean, the epicenter of extraordinary. It sounds like a, or like, yeah, like a Nike, like a Nike ad, or yeah, like a Beats. An, like a Beats.
0: An eau de toilette.
3: <laughs> La mer. <laughs> epicenter of the extraordinary. Exactly.
0: Wow. Oh, dear. Jonas Kaufman. Will you ever Ill. be better? No. Now, you had some insider information on why true. he was sick.
3: I, this, this, this could be wrong. It could be right. There's rumors. Well, now all the rumors have started. So, this is a rumor I have heard is that he was taking medication and that his medication caused some vocal damage and possibly vocal hemorrhage. Yeah. And if anybody knows if that's true, let us know. Or if anybody has some insider scoop on poor Jonas Kaufman, please let us know. Cause we're all, we're all waiting for him to get better. Scary. He's been out for a while, almost the whole year. Yeah. Right.
0: I don't yeah. think has he
3: sung at all this year. Uh, Maybe in the he's, beginning. He's, out, he's only been out
0: for three months, actually. But Feels like
3: forever because he's such a big so name, much. yeah. And because every
0: cancellation is a big deal, and right. every cancellation starts to prolong the myth, the stories that you know. When is he going to return?
3: Right, and at least you know Demetrius being kind of forward about his know, can- That's mm-hmm. a whole different as we discussed on the
0: show game. that's uh, last week, and then David Daniels, so the tenor as well. Who I have met, he's a lovely guy, actually, but just sick and is not able to do this production of Handel's Rodelinda at the Bolshoi.
3: That happens to the best of us. It does. Hey, we do, we do. We
0: all get sick. Oh, uh, yes. William Christie's birthday today. He's Woo-hoo. seventy-two. Happy birthday! Great conductor of specifically early music, right? Cool. The Baroque—that's yeah. really his bag. And then the Queen of Spades premiered in 1890 in St. Petersburg. I've never seen that opera.
3: I have never seen it either. Not live, at least. I've just seen snippets.
0: I'm trying to think of all the Russian operas I've seen now. Eugene Onegin.
3: Okay.
0: I've never seen Love for Three Oranges by I Prokofiev. Uh, have I seen any Shostakovich? I have not I seen know. Lady Macbeth of Mitzens District.
3: I've just seen it. I've just seen it on YouTube. On, uh, I've, I've, yeah, I've seen it on I DVD. I haven't seen it DVD. I've seen it live.
0: That is an intense
3: opera. Wow. Awesome.
0: Very intense show. Who am I missing? I, I, I'm, then I get confused into ballet, you know, like um, right. Prince Igor and Mazursky yeah, we'll... and, and all that. So, cool. hey, uh, let's wrap this show up. Woo-hoo. Time for uh, our Good Call, Bad Call. Good Call,
1: Bad Call on Opera Box Score.
0: Alright. Well, I got a bad call right away. Oh,
3: jeez. <laughs> that was quick. It's sh- just
0: the Chicago weather.
3: Oh, well, yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: It's uh, getting better, though. We were spoiled by such a warm November.
3: It was like 60, like, three weeks ago. I know.
0: <laughs> but this is what climate change is.
3: I know. It's so scary. Climate
0: change doesn't mean it's getting hotter. Climate change means that the weather gets less predictable.
3: Scary. I don't think
0: this winter is going to be Siberia like it was in 2013, but I right. think it's going to be cold. Uh, How about you? Good call, bad call?
3: I have a good call, and that is go see our own Tobias Wright in Deflater Mouse at Light Opera Works. It opens December 26th and runs through January 1st, so if you guys can go grab a ticket and see uh, Tobias perform, that would be cool. And also, my other good call is just Merry Christmas. Have a great holiday. I hope you get to spend time with your family, maybe sing some awesome music and... Yeah, just kind of hang out and chill. Be I also cool.
0: got a good call, too, just giving a shout-out to one of our fans, Lester Arguelas of Chicago. Hey, thanks for your support, Lester. Really appreciate Woo-hoo! it. Thank you, Lester. Hey, that's it for this week's show. Our announcer is Norm Waddell. Visit Norm on the web at voxershorts.com, V-O-X-E-R-S-H-O-R-T-S.com. At WNUR, our programming director is Nick Anderson, and the general manager is Brax stucey Our theme song is Vodka Inferno, written and performed by the Diablo Swing Orchestra. On Facebook and Twitter, search for Opera Box Score. Like our Facebook page, share and comment on our posts, and tweet us at Opera Box Score. Use the hashtag Opera Balls. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Hey, look, give us 30 seconds of your time and leave a review on iTunes. It's the cheapest and the fastest way to promote our show. The creative consultant for opera box score is Oliver Camacho. For Dinah Fisher, I'm George Cedarquist, asking you to continue the conversation about opera with a brandy and eggnog. We're back next Monday night at nine central. It's a podcast only show when guest co-host Math and Black and I look at 2016 in review. Street beat is up next with DJ Steve on WNUR FM, Evanston, Chicago. Chicago's sound experiment. <laughs>